0: Heartland flags and gifts presents legends and listeners with Scott Doctorman and Chad Lystico fly them high and fly
1: them proud. Find your flag at heartlandflags.com
0: breaking down the big 10 from the channel seat studios. This is Iowa everywhere. Hey
1: there, Hawkeye fans, Big Ten fans, and Iowans everywhere. We are once again delighted that you have chosen us for episode six of Legends and Listeners here on the Iowa Everywhere Network. I'm your host, Chad Lystico, a sports columnist for the DeWint Register, coming to you live from the Channel C studios. You notice I did the Brett and Russ Bricker live. Uh, It's hate week again, Scott. Uh, Iowa at Penn State on Saturday from Beaver Stadium. Uh, the Hawkeyes are 3-0, and but now go into the whiteout Hornets' nest amidst 106,000-plus uh, rabid fans who want nothing more from the first half of their season in 2023 to get revenge on the team that spoiled the 2021 season in a very painful way. Uh, Scott Docterman of The Athletic, my uh, colleague, competitor, friend, uh, do you think the Hawkeyes are fully aware of the pure
0: vitriol they're about to face in Happy Valley? no i don't think so i don't think people here understand just how much that people hate them there and it's because of two years ago and it was injury gate or whatever it was they want to call it and um and if you flip it around and and i'm not talking about scuba or turtle <laughs> that's that's ah, another oh here we go yeah that that could be uh you know you, you could be angry there but but they've had they had some serious injuries that day and if you think about I'm not trying to call out Iowa fans by any stretch, but if you want to think about something like Luke Lachey, what it went down, you know, like PJ Mustafer did, he was gone for the season in that game for for Penn State, a very valuable defensive tackle, and uh, and getting booed, that would chap everybody's, you know, what here, and I think that's what you're facing this week, and and so yes, the the mood, the the tenor. Among the fan base there and and the players to some extent, too, and I'm sure coaching staff is remember that moment. That's something that's been brought up routinely. And then this week, I can't tell you how many muted mutes I've had to add just because of that. So it's going to be feisty and it's going to be awesome, though, because that environment is as good as it gets in college football.
1: Yeah, uh, you know it's the, it's the Seven Nation Army game. It's also CBS Sports theme music return. It's uh, there's a lot of uh, musical numbers we could associate with this game, but uh, I don't know. I, I know that there were some real injuries, but there definitely were some suspicious activities out there. I would say so. I feel like you know what James Franklin did a couple days after that game last year. Now Kirk Ferentz definitely stoked it, <laughs> saying they smelled a rat. Um, but, uh, you know, Franklin was out there saying, itemizing all the real injuries. But they're, you know, no, oh, we wouldn't do that because they're not a tempo team. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you know anything about what Iowa does is that they kind of wait in the weeds the whole time. And then when they get a, an opening, they, they pounce. And so I feel like that, that um, there was some legitimacy to the uh, – booing I think uh the guys that would come back in the next play maybe you know maybe it was cramps whatever but uh you know there's people on that staff that used to work for James Franklin I I think there's (laughs) there's uh I think there's some reality underneath that and I think that's part of the whole deal and I mean if there's a Luke Lachey type of injury out there on Saturday like that could get ugly from from their fans so
0: yeah
1: it it is going to be interesting first I think gets hurt is yeah. I feel bad for.
0: Right. And I hope it's just a, a walk it off type of injury. Um, you know, and that's, that's the unfortunate part about it because I agree with you, you know, in that game, there were tempo injuries. Um, you know, when somebody would, um, you know, Iowa. I think I remember one, I think it was Tyler Goodson, Busted off like a twenty-yard run, and then there'd be a, somebody laying down, and and I think it was LeVar Woods who even oh you know hit the hit the turf, and and that's that's really unfortunate. And it all really kind of stems back from Jarrell Worthy in Michigan State in 2011 when Iowa did go hurry up, and then and Dantonio didn't hide it that yeah, yeah.
1: well that's what we're gonna do you know you know and if, Kirk Ferentz said I've seen it twice in my 23 years here
0: that yeah. one and this yeah. one exactly and uh, they get them back to back oddly enough but uh, yeah, that's <laughs> you know. right green but darth yeah. vader baby yeah green <laughs> darth vader returns and so we can talk about that next week i suppose but but you know this one e- you know either way whether you, you, know, you believe I, I think both i, I think that there were legitimate injuries and that's the unfortunate yeah. part yes. because it makes iowa fans look bad and they're not bad fans but then there were a few that were like Eh, Come on, man. And uh, you hate to say it's like, don't boo unless you know that it doesn't look like a real injury. But nevertheless, we're here and uh, everybody's got to be cognizant of what's going to happen Saturday night. Legends and Listeners is brought to you every
1: Thursday by Heartland Flags and Gifts, which provides free shipping anywhere in the U.S. and always coming up with new products, has you covered with nearly every team, every sport, every flag, a road game for Iowa this week, but back-to-back home games coming up, including a night game, we heard, uh, 6.30 next weekend against Michigan State at Kinnick. So it's a good time to load up on your Hawkeye goodies. Uh, Visit our friends online at heartlandflags.com or in-store at 3719 Southwest 9th Street in Des Moines, which is my neck of the woods. Uh, Scott, let's uh, continue this theme about the atmosphere that I was going into, the whiteout atmosphere, and maybe an early what we're working on discussion. Uh, this morning I posted like a 2,500-word piece on the 2009 game at Penn State, which I feel like it was so much fun to look back at that game, um, talk to three of the the prime uh, players in that game, including uh, uh, Rick Stanzi, Broderick Brands, Pat Anger, and um, this was the last time that Iowa was in a whiteout atmosphere. And I feel like, Scott, uh, the similarities are incredibly striking. I mean, Penn State was number five then. They're number seven now. Complete revenge game. I mean, that was the intro on ABC with Musburger and Herb Street that night. It was like, they want revenge for that 2008 loss. Hawkeyes were heavy underdogs. It was week four. There was rain in the forecast. It rained. Iowa was kind of an unflashy three and 0 Penn State was this, you know, uh, a team that hey, last year the national title hopes were ruined. This year is the year. I feel like that game more than any may be uh, the epitome of the best parts of the Kirk Ferentz era. What uh, I know you're working on something kind of similar. So what uh, you know what stands out from that game and how Iowa can take take it to heart in this game.
0: Yeah, it's pretty much the same story, Chad. I'm just gonna publish it tomorrow. So. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no. but such as life and our profession. I will I say feel like, that, uh, I feel like it's a cr- credit to both of us. You know, yeah, we both yeah. have the same similar idea. So it's uh, like, oh, I should have done it on Thursday now. But <laughs> either way, um it's the same theme here, and that is that all of the parallels are are there and they're striking. And Uh, You have an angry fan base bent on revenge and um, two years ago, you know, now now the difference is, of course, two years ago, Penn State kind of flopped the rest of the season. They lost a lot of games and and the, the one in 08 was was a really good, legitimate team that Iowa rallied from nine down in the fourth quarter to beat. Um, on a last second field goal and they were nine and zero, and they're third in the country and had a legitimate chance i mean if they would have ran the table they would have gotten the playoff or the PCS title game back yeah, then right um but and, and then you look at the strength of iowa right now um the game what all was entailed and you know, kind of an embattled quarterback, got backup running backs, you know, Jewel Hampton was going to be the guy going into the season and he got hurt. And Adam Robinson is the spitting image to me of LaShawn Williams. Yeah. A a line that that was kind of hit and miss. And, you know, Brian Bulaga didn't play in that game. Um, You know, Iowa had 17 players on their roster or 15 that played in the game. And then two others that were really impactful that didn't, Play, uh, they were drafted, and I think Penn State had 15. So it was just uh, the the confluence of events are real striking to hear. It's just can does Iowa have the team? Does Iowa have the defense? And how does Penn State match up to what it was then? Um, I would say this might be a better Penn State team. I think they were good. They were 11 and two. Uh, their I think their defense is a little better now than what it was that year. Uh, you know, but Daryl Clark was more proven than what Drew Aller is. And I think Drew Aller's, you know, upper echelon talent is way beyond Drew, Drew, uh, Daryl Clark. It's uh, so, it's really fascinating. And I think it speaks to what this situation could end up being.
1: Well, for me is, I mean, it, it got my juices flowing to kind of write that piece and talk to these guys and kind of understand what they were thinking on the sidelines. And I feel like, I was just thinking about this a few minutes ago, like uh, this box score, like when they read Kirk Ferentz's eulogy, you know, 30 years from now, or whenever it is, this box score needs to like be slipped inside his casket or whatever. I know that's a little bit morbid, but it was like the Ferentz win you get hit in the mouth early. I mean, first play of the game, 79 yards, next drive, Penn state, 20 play drive. We talked about the Penn, the Michigan state drive, you know, in 2015, this was similar, but I would hold them to a field goal. It's 10, nothing. Basically the first quarter is over uh, and you've barely had the ball and they just keep grinding. They keep grinding. And I feel like, you know, everybody remembers the Claiborne block punt. Um, I have a whole section on that in my article and it's, it's pretty cool to, to get all the perspectives of that, but the box score in the fourth quarter is like, so Ferent's outscore Penn state 16, nothing. With a special teams touchdown, create three turnovers in addition to that, throw no passes yeah. <laughs> at all, and yeah. win the game 21 to 10. Uh attack on a field goal late. Hey, they were going for some points back then too. Um, you know the, the wow. total classic Ferentz game. I think Ricky Stanzi said it best, dude. It was it was classic Iowa football, defense, special teams, and running the football.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Uh and you know, Stanzi was um, Back then, he was, he was very entertaining to watch, no question. And in some of these games, I mean, he was like twelve to twenty-six that day, so it wasn't a Stansy classic by any stretch. It was just, but what I saw, especially when Broderick Benz recover or you know forced that fumble in the end zone that was recovered for a safety, um, that you just saw the body blows starting to accumulate in in this game, and I kind of equ- equivalent you know, equivalent everything equivalent in everything to, um, a boxing match. Cause that's an easy transition you know, sport wise. And I always looked at in this series, Penn state's like Apollo Creed. Iowa's like Rocky Balboa and, you know, just the body blows in the, in the Iowa is the unpolished, um, fighter that just scraps and is physical and you go all the way to the end and apollo creed is this amazing athlete who can win so and then it just styles make fights and i think in this case when you saw the the defensive line just absolutely took over this game it was just this was when that line went from being very, very good to elite, one of the best in the country, and dominated that game. And then Pat Anger has 14 tackles and an interception and a, and a forced fumble of Evan Royster, who was a good running back, and uh, AJ Eads, and just on and on and on and on. And I, I really think yeah. that you know, yeah, it was it was ser- it was the definitely to me and in ultimately the best, highest ranked team in Iowa uh, for Ferris that it was this most symbolic game of that mm-hmm. Ferris 2.0 and, and of that season.
1: Yeah. Some, some awesome quotes. I mean, Ben saying, you know, they they were wearing down Ricky Stansy saying just, you know, after that block punt, it was just in your veins, that mm-hmm. atmosphere that, uh, it was time to twist the knife the other way. And, uh, of course, anger with <laughs> some, some great colorful quotes in there too. Yeah. I won't spoil it all, but, uh, I don't know. It just it frames my perspective. I remember where I was when I, I was out in Virginia at that time uh, working for USA Today. And I I remember vividly uh, that moment. I still I know a lot of Hawkeye fans have ever applied to this story, saying they remember exactly where they were mm-hmm. at that moment. People in the stands just remembering the, poof, the, yeah. the thud and and the silence and the ooh you know when yeah. that when that punt gets blocked and as Stansy said like it was such like a clean punt pickup too like usually when a punt's blocked it's like everybody's scrambling oh i can't get it hot potato it's like he scooped that mfer up and
0: (laughs) he took it to the house baby (laughs) it it was an amazing bounce in in a rain drenched climate to have it kind of come up and you know he's an awesome athlete so i mean it just kind of you know and and then he took it to the house uh claiborne but just to see it all um unfold and then I, again you know boxing analogy and I'm going back to this but that was a that was a shot that sent him to the canvas and it's mm-hmm. like okay Iowa is in control mm-hmm. and even though i think it was like the next kickoff they they took it to midfield and there was a penalty and then and then Royster runs the ball yeah. and then, and then uh you know Pat knocks the ball out and and then they just just smothered them and then you know the Adam Robinson run at the end for the touchdown that put him up 18 to 10 mm-hmm. was Physical Iowa football that was just, you know, just driving on them. And then, yeah, they kicked the field goal because they wanted to go up two scores. You know, they needed to. You never know what could happen there. But, but really the epitome of, and that launched Iowa in that season. Yeah. It was a special season.
1: Yeah. Without that win, we don't, we're not talking about that season.
0: You know, and you look at the kind of going up to that game, you know, yeah, that you and I crazy game did the season opener and they were, you know, trending, but, you know, they were a really good team, you know, for a while there and kind of like this one in some ways. I mean, mm-hmm. they're eight and nine over their last nine games. Nobody would think that because all the talk's been about offense, but um they've lost one game by one touchdown. They've given up 10 touchdowns, Chad, in nine games. That was an
1: amazing games. stat you tweeted out. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. That's pretty impressive. And the touchdowns that they have given up have been yeah. junk time or big plays.
0: Yeah. You I know. mean, there's only been four, like, owned – Touchdowns. I mean, maybe you could say five, counting Iowa State's drive that was in the last three minutes the, a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, and and then the team last year or that, that year, I guess it was, they were what? They'd won seven straight, I think, going into that game because they won the last, or maybe it was eight. Uh, you know, they won four in a row at, to end the 08 season. And then they won their first three to, to, to right. start that season. And then they ended up right. winning, I think, 12. Or, yeah. 12 or 13 in a row that's a
1: 13 yeah yeah Yeah.
0: so you know really an impressive run for that program and and i think uh yeah so the parallels to this game and that game are just remarkable
1: it is and uh, i know we're talking about the past a lot but it does frame this game for for me i mean you got the same coach same mentality all that stuff and you kind of brought up uh rick Mm Stanzi, and i feel like you know Iowa has a this is our second topic before we get to our main topic, but Iowa has a quarterback that's going in there with a little bit of uh, gravitas, but also coming off probably his worst game, uh worst performance as an Iowa quarterback in Cade McNamara. Uh this has to be the game, right, that he takes that next step. And obviously he's he's shown before he can win over there. It's just a matter of doing it.
0: Yeah. I, I think this is really an important game for him and, and I'm not saying win or lose. I'm just saying perform well, um, because that's a good team they're playing and it's on a road and tough environment and you can't just walk in and expect to beat Penn state over there. I mean, that's, you've got to play your best football, but I think what you want to see is from, from Cade McNamara is give us a reason why that this guy is, um, uh, earned the benefit of doubt because he has he has the benefit of the doubt because he played with Michigan and they went to a championship game and he had good statistics but it's like was it you or was it everybody else around you and and I think so far the you know we've given him uh, the benefit of the doubt because of his injury and because of his background and now this is why they brought you here and I'm not saying he can't do it obviously I think he can it's just Now go out and be that leader, go out and make plays, move the ball on third down and hit a big pass and keep Iowa in this game. Uh, Iowa needs a good quarterback on Saturday, and he's the type of guy that I think that needs to to come through. And and if he can do that, even if the result isn't what you want, then I think it validates Going out and getting him in the transfer portal, signing him to a free agent contract, you know, and uh, and that he is your undisputed leader. I, I think then it validates it. But if it doesn't, if it's a shaky game, then the questions are going to come hot and heavy over the next few weeks.
1: Yeah. What is it? What is it a two year deal with a player option for the second year? Is that pretty <laughs> yeah, much exactly. what it is? It's like a baseball <laughs>
0: contract. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I talk. I kind of harped on this in our Hawk Central show last night, but uh, I I feel like it's just he, he's got to avoid the negative plays. Took way too many of those against Western Michigan. That's you cannot take. You can't take a twelve yard sack when you're in field goal range in Happy Valley. Um, yeah. And I and I, you know, field goal range for Iowa with Drew Stevens is. 36 yards line in something like that uh he can hit from 54 pretty comfortably at least distance wise um obviously he missed one the other day but i would if you gave me four drew stevens field goals from 54 i bet he makes three of them so Mm -hmm. uh you don't you you can't do that and you can't throw you know you you can't miss touchdown passes by throwing a pick either at the end of the half and causing your coordinator to throw his headset. (laughs) So. <laughs> um.
0: yeah, yeah, you look at the Iowa State game, too. He missed some long passes that were big plays. And, yeah. again, we understand with the quad strain or the quad tear, I think it's more of a tear at this point, more than a strain, that he's going to be limited. And the offense has been limited. They have not run – I mean, they want one bootleg, you know, no rollouts. Uh, just, you know, they've really – Can find him you know a lot more shotgun than they probably normally would run that's all understandable but make the makeables and the makeables are big plays and the makeables are really important in this game because your opportunities against western michigan okay you can throw an end zone uh, interception in the end of the first half against western michigan and still come out and and play you know your team's going to win decisively that's you can't give up those opportunities on the road in an environment like that against a team like that uh, in Penn State. So this is K. McNamara's game. Um, I think it's more his game than it is, say Brian Ferentz's game. I, mm-hmm. I think this is on the quarterback, not the coordinator
1: want to remind folks that Circus Sports is the exclusive sports betting app of Iowa everywhere. Circa Sports is sports betting the way it should be with the highest limits, lowest holds, and the best odds. Download the app today at the App Store or circusports.com. Circa lists Iowa this morning. The, the line has moved a little bit more. Iowa plus 15 mm-hmm. in Happy Valley with the over under of 40. So they're basically telling you maybe a 27 to 13 type of score. So – uh We'll see uh, that 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 tells you uh, there's a lot of ground to cover here and Iowa's got to play a pretty perfect game, which leads us Scott to our main topic of today's show. What does a realistic path to an improbable improbable victory maybe a little bit like 2009? What
0: does a realistic path look like for Iowa on Saturday? Well, I think there, there are several different game plans that need to all work together in concert and complementary football play a part of that. And number one is I, I, still think Iowa's philosophy on defense is, is the best philosophy to go against this Penn state team, which is two gap up front, stop the run. They have two NFL caliber running backs. Although I've seen better ones out of Penn State before with Barkley and, and Sanders when they were to combo, but Singleton and Allen are really good. So you got to be careful there. But stop the run, slow it down. Two is play your zone defense, eyes on the ball, eyes on the quarterback. And I think they've got good receivers. I'm not saying great receivers. The one concern I have on defense thus far um, that plays into this game is can they get after Drew Aller? Can they rush him? Can they discomfort him, let alone get to him and sack him? Uh, Chad, I'm not sure. That's the one question. That's the one issue with the defense right now that I'm I'm probably disappointed in. And to me, if they can somehow disrupt him, stop the run, force him to, to drive down the field, no big plays, then I think Iowa puts itself in a position to be very competitive in this game.
1: Yeah, I think we've realized at least through three weeks, there's no Van Ness on this roster, and that that is hurting this team. I mean, uh, that was a guy that could could get some pressure from anywhere. I mean, heck, he had nine quarterback hits or hurries right against Rutgers in Week Four, yeah. Week Four last year, same week, uh, from inside and outside, and they're just not getting that pressure. Three sacks this year and three mm-hmm. turnovers as a defense. So. This is has not been a typical Phil Parker defense in that sense. And again, to to circle back to the 0-9 theme, you had Christian Ballard, Adrian Claiborne, Carl Klug. I mean, Broderick Benz was probably the fourth guy there, mm-hmm. and Mike Daniels was somewhere on the bench, right? In that right. game, so uh, you got uh, like NFL dudes up front, and we're just not yet seeing that. Um, you know, Noah Shannon's loss, I think, is bigger than we maybe realized. Uh, I'd like to see Deontay Craig maybe take yeah. take that next step. I've, I kind of thought he was going to be the next guy. Uh, hasn't come to fruition yet. Joe Evans has had a nice year. Probably mm-hmm. about what you would expect. Yeah, I mean, honestly, he's he's been really good. Um, playing more of an every down role. I've, I feel like Ethan it has been not bad. But, uh, you know, let's see. You know, let's see Logan Lee. Let's see YA Black. Let's see uh eric graves let's see let's see those guys uh make a difference i mean graves really hasn't i criticize i mean he's a true sophomore but hasn't made that difference just yet so uh i've what do you think of penn state's offensive line i feel like i mean does Iowa have an opportunity here i feel like it's it's been okay so far i thought it was going to be like the best of the franklin era not sure it is yet what do you think
0: the, the, the uh, tackle is probably the best of the, you know, the left tackle, Olu Fash- Fashanu. Um, I struggle pronouncing his name. My apologies. He's a top 10 pick in the next draft. And um, and so I, I think he's a guy that they're going to have to be careful with in some ways. I mean, you know, but I think the rest of the line is there there's opportunity there. Yeah, that's close, what I think, too. You know, I agree. And I do think that you're right that if uh, if, if the defensive tackles could make more of an impact, you know whether it's TFLs, whether it's stopping, you know they're gonna they're gonna be required to stop the run, you know YA Black and Aaron Graves and, and Logan Lee, but disrupt the passing game when applicable. To me, I think that's really gonna be the hallmark here, and I do think that they're capable of that because when you start to look at, across the board at their offense and it's easy to get caught up in this trap of they're so good, they're Penn State. Um, I, you know, There's no K.J. Hamler here. There's no Jahan, Jahan Dotson. Uh, there's no Chris Godwin. I've seen them. You know, Parker Washington. There's no um, Fryermuth or Gusecki. You know, Theo Johnson should be on the other team, and he'd be better. I'll be honest. I think he'd be a better tight end if he was at Iowa than he was at Penn State. Drew Aller can be the best quarterback that they've had since Kerry Collins, but he's also not there yet. And he was 16 of 33 at Illinois. And now he's got the zone defense that's capable of really disrupting him. But so to me, it comes down to, yes, controlling the line of scrimmage. That's what happened in the 9 game. That's what can happen here. And, uh, and again, disrupt the passer. If you could stop the run and disrupt the passer – this defense is well set to have a very, very good day.
1: Yeah. Control the run, stop the run. I think one stat that gives me some encouragement from Iowa is that Penn State does not have a rush over 21 yards this year, which kind of mm-hmm. surprises me. It leads me to believe they're not getting monster holes at the point of attack because they've got um, really good running backs. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, they, you know, they haven't played world beaters yet. Illinois defense actually uh, has taken a huge step back it seems. Mm-hmm. So uh that's, that's, I mean, I have no doubt that that's a priority this week. Make Drew Aller throw the ball 38 times and, and take your chances. I feel like Cooper DeGene is due for something. <laughs> I feel like Penn State has enough, uh, what's the word, ego maybe to mm-hmm. throw, throw at him and, and try to beat him with, with their guys. And, uh, I I still I still think Xavier Wampa, You know, you've got to have dudes in this game. That's a dude yeah. with some talent, some five star talent. Maybe he makes a play. Uh, let's flip it to the other side of the ball, Scott. What's the What's the path to scoring points? And we talked about uh, one other little wrinkle of a stat is Penn State has scored thirty plus points in eleven straight games, which is I think it's eleven straight or maybe it's mm-hmm. ten straight, but it's whatever it is. It's it's the highest longest streak in FBS. So. I mean, I feel pretty confident Iowa can hold them under 30, but you almost, based on what Vegas is telling you, you got to hold them to about half that if you want to win this game. I don't think you want to try to win this game 23 to 20 again. So, you know, how does Iowa get to I don't know, let's say 20 points? Uh, and I think that's probably the, at least you got to have at least that much to win, probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How, how do they do it?
0: I don't know. This is the question mark, and and because you're facing an elite defense you're facing the the best not only that they're going to play but one of the best if not the best in the country because they have dudes at all three levels and penn state in the past has always had great linebackers we know they've always had a couple of stud defensive linemen and more often than not guys in the secondary and now they don't have guys they have dudes and so now it me it puts a lot of pressure on iowa in multiple ways and i think number one Uh, you know, you, you have obviously have to run the football. If you don't, you're dead, but you've also got to protect your quarterback. And that's, that's the edge that you've got to be careful with because they both with both Isaac and and Robinson, they are NFL defensive ends. And I think Mason Richmond has played really well, especially in pass protection, but that's where Jennings dunker has struggled. So you got to be cognizant of that and be careful there. And, and, So the pathway to me is making sure that Caden McNamara has enough decent time. And I think it might be a quick game type of passing attack where you're going to have to get your receivers involved. And against that secondary, that's going to be challenging. I mean, Kalen King is as good as it gets at at cornerback. So he might take away just about any pass coming in his direction. So, you know, Eric All, you're going to have to have some crossing routes. You're going to have to protect against the Blitz. Abdul Carter is a great player. So they're going to have to take advantage of every single opportunity that comes its way. And I'm not so sure that they can get more than, I don't know, three scoring drives, opportunities. They may create some on defense and special teams, but they're going to have to take advantage of it. Chad, that's this is a good defense. And so they're going to have to maximize every single opportunity because they're not going to come very often.
1: Yeah, and and to circle it back to uh, uh, 2009 again, I know I'm sounding like Kirk Ferentz here. Back in '09, I know. Um, yeah. you know, but Iowa didn't score an offensive touchdown until very late in that game, the Robinson score mm-hmm. that you referenced. So it may be, you know, it may be one of those games where you just got to chip and chip and chip and take your field goals. Maybe get a safety in there somewhere, probably, but probably right. You got to have a yeah. safety in an Iowa Penn State game somewhere. But uh, I, I kind of. First of all, I'm with you. I mean, I think passing is going to be difficult, especially without Luke Lachey, that's such a big injury. That's a big injury, long term, but especially yeah. this game, it is a huge injury because that's you got to have dudes in this game, just like you said. And he was he is a dude. He's a guy that could have been a difference maker, you know, kind of like a Laporta would have been mm-hmm. in this game. So that hurts a lot. And so i I think, I think you've got to kind of. I liked what they did in the run last week. The running game has to just make some creases, make some make some headway. There were no negative runs by the mm-hmm. by the running backs last week, which I thought was really encouraging, and and that was an attacking Western Michigan defense. So uh, you know the only negative runs were sacks by Mac, mm-hmm. with McNamara. So that's a positive. Build on that. I f- I felt like it was huge that the offensive line just had a confident confidence building day,
0: mm-hmm. and.
1: I, I – Boy, I said, sure sounded like a confident team when we talked to him the other day. Uh, LeSean Williams, very confident, and I feel like he's going to be a uh, 25-carry guy maybe on Saturday. I, I think that's probably the recipe, right? Uh, we saw Makai Sargent have a pretty big game over there in, in 18, didn't win mm-hmm. the game, but um, he kind of reminds me of him a little bit too. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, that's the path I see is, is run, run, run. As much as you possibly can and be okay with punting. You just cannot take these negative plays. I feel like you can yeah. I feel like you can turn field position a little bit, little by little, maybe in this game.
0: Yeah. And and I know this runs contrary to the, to the public demand, but there's no sin in punting. I mean, you just, you accept it. You just move on and you play field position because, you know, Iowa has been built and, you know, people don't want to respect this, but it has been built defensive first that we, you know, that it's complimentary football, but it lives on defense. Defense is the reason why it has success. And, um, and I think that's what you've got to do. you got to maximize your opportunities, but don't do anything stupid. And I think the the margin for error is very, very small here. And that is like last week, Cade McNamara could throw an end zone interception, you know, right before the halftime and get the, the the offensive coordinator all riled up. But that's not a killer. This week, it would be a killer. Um, LaShawn Williams this is your game. You know, you you compared him to Maccai. I think that's a great comparison. I he reminds me a lot of Adam Robinson, you know, just really low to the ground, physical, good movement, maybe not overly fast, but good lateral quickness and um you're going to have to put a lot into him because no Jazz Patterson, no Caleb Johnson. Those are really important losses as well and um uh, You know, my concern for this team and a lot of, right. You lose Lachey. You just can't, you can't replace. He's the best offensive player they had. And after watching these tight ends for so many years, Chad, nobody's played better to start a season than Luke Lachey. And that's really sad and a shame, but Eric all come on down. This is why you came here and you got to start making some of the blocks you've been missing that, that would have sprung some ball carriers. Um, I think that's really got to happen. Um, I think what I'm anxious to see is third and five, third and seven, and you've got to give LaShawn Williams a blow and, but you're not going to run a route with a running back. Will we see Max white in there blocking? I think we probably will because there's probably a little more trust there. No offense to to Kamari Moulton who ran the ball really well, or TJ Washington who did the same, but you get, you know, it's not about that. It's about winning. And will you see that or even a tight end? Up, take that role. So it's, it's going to be a, a really, it's, it's going to be a very physical chess match. And as long as they keep their heads about them, even if they fall down 10 to nothing with a 79 yard pass and a 20 play drive, if they can just continue to keep their heads and their wits about them, don't do anything stupid. Although, you know, Stansy threw some interceptions that game too, yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, then they, Rick that, six. If, if they uh, exactly. He was, <laughs> five i think in his career but uh if he can (laughs) if if he can uh if the the team can just keep themselves in the game in the fourth quarter they'll have a chance they'll have a chance but you cannot allow the 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 surroundings and your mistakes dictate the outcome of the game
1: yeah so if you um to me if you're watching the game um It's gonna. There's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be downs. I can almost Mm -hmm. guarantee it. There's probably going to be downs in the first quarter. Uh, The goal here for Iowa is to get to the fourth quarter with a chance. That's exactly what happened in 2009. You're down 10-5 in the fourth and boom, you turn the game around. I've seen that time and time again in the Ferris era. Heck, even in 2021. Uh, They're down in the fourth quarter until uh, Spencer Petras hits Nico Reggiani with one of the best play calls of the Brian Ferentz era. He had good field position, too, and he struck. So uh, set up by, I think it was just a short punt, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's a long game. Uh, Just like the 9 game taught you, it's going to be, you know, you might give up a big play early. You might throw a pick early. I mean, heck, Stanzi throws a pick off Colin Sandeman's between the two and the two, bounces in the air, he kicks it up. And uh, the hero hero back, I guess, safety for for uh, <laughs> Penn State uh, slid in there and makes pick. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. Turnovers are absolutely going to be a key, though. This is a Penn State defense. I was re-watching the Illinois game mm-hmm. from the other day. Illinois committed three turnovers in the first quarter alone against this defense. So it's not going to be easy to play turnover free. But I think that's really maybe about the only path Iowa has to, you know, getting 16, 19, 20 points uh to have a shot to win this game I picked yeah. Iowa to lose 27 10 but I that's just because I don't believe I need to see them you know not commit these turnovers not make catastrophic mistakes with the sacks it all comes back to Cade it all comes back to ball protection and uh classic Ferentz staples so we'll see where this team is uh, how do you kind of see this one unfolding Scott
0: I have them losing by a touchdown to like 23-16. I, I I think I think I have them scoring a touchdown and having, you know, some field goals. And and I just I think Penn State's a better team. And, you know, but I think in the big picture, Chad, and this is gonna be the the thing that's gonna be the most difficult for Iowa fans to accept because it's just such a, a raw, rash topic, is that's okay. You can, you know, this, this team's not going to win the national title. I'm, I hate to break it to everybody, but they're not. But they can win the Big Ten title. And this game is very, very important for Penn State because they still have Michigan and Ohio State to play. They still have Maryland, which is a pretty good team. They, they could put themselves in really in bad shape and, and force them to have to win out to get to Indy. Iowa could lose this game and then go run its schedule, which it is capable of doing and get better, because I like the trajectory of this program. I think I can see the strides on offense. I can see the changes. People don't want to give Brian Ferentz any respect. I see what he's doing, and I like it. I think it really is going to work. They just have to execute it, and I don't want to sound like a coach, but that's the way it it really truly is. The, The passes were there. The quarterback didn't hit them. You know, the last two games, the runs you see from game one to game three and the blocking, the execution in the blocking game has been much improved. The runners, you can tell they're downhill guys. And that's why they're they're going southpaw. They're going with with counter and they're going with gap and it's working. And so if they lose, it doesn't even really matter the score. But if they lose and they just say, "Okay, we lost, you know, shake it off. Next week, go beat Michigan State, go beat Purdue, and then go to Wisconsin and get a win. They're fine. They're good. They could get better. I know things happen that way. So I just – I hope people keep the big-picture perspective in mind, but I know I'm asking a lot because there's going to be people, (laughs) fire Brian, you know, on Twitter if it's – they only score one touchdown. But this is a defense that's – this is an elite defense, man. This is a good, good, good defense.
1: Exactly, which is, again, why – Reiterating the point, it's not necessarily a bad thing to punt the ball. You can, you can push Penn State back 55 yards by by just throwing your your punter out there, and you know maybe you stop them three and out and get the ball back 15 yards closer or 20 with Cooper Dugan. Right. So, I know it's very boring, very simple, yeah. very Hawkeye ish, but uh, that that's ultimately to me the path to victory is field position, running defense, yeah. no turnovers, classic fairness football, uh, and I feel like what you just said, Scott uh you know about this is a this is a 12 game season get to the big ten championship game is the goal here yeah uh, that's what i want to see i want to see him hang i want to see him be competitive win or lose i just want and i want to see the quarterback take a step uh because i think there's opportunity yeah you get two home games after this before the, the Wisconsin game and Penn State man they are just gonna put everything into this uh their next games are at Northwestern mm-hmm. then a bye week than hosting umass so yeah. they have zero look ahead situation yeah. here in fact this is the game they've been looking to uh for the first right. few weeks so this no, is they, it you're, you're going to get their absolute best shot for sure it's just it's a difficult situation for the hawkeyes but i'm curious to see how they how they hold up
0: it's a white out they've got cbs it's a night game they this is the game they've circled at least in the front half of the schedule until uh they you know they start playing ohio state and michigan mm-hmm. You know, so everything is on this game and it's understandable for them, you know, but I think if there's one thing you want to see most of all is if you're Iowa, you want to see Penn State earn it. If you cannot allow a bad pass, if they intercept a pass, you want it to because they were in the best position and they made the play to, to, to intercept the ball. Or if they, if you fumble, it's because Abdul Carter just came and smacked you, you know, or, you know, it you don't want to, you know, or somebody beat you off the edge because they just had a better move or they're more physical. That's what you want to see. And that's, what's going to happen at times, but you don't want to see, you know, the quarterback throw the the ball behind the receiver. You don't want to see anything like that. You want them to make those plays. They're very capable of doing it, but you don't want to say, man, I made a bad pass. You want to say they made a really good play, tip their cap to them and, uh, and then move on.
1: Uh, a couple big games in the Big Ten this week, uh, as far as I see it. Friday night be fun. Uh, when we touch down in Pennsylvania, can watch Wisconsin at Purdue. Uh, that's an interesting one. Um, I think probably if you're a Hawkeye fan, I guess you want Purdue to take him down, right? Um, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if it matters. You still got to beat all these guys anyway. Yeah. But I'm interested to see what kind of – I still don't really know what Wisconsin is. They didn't look <laughs> – I mean, they didn't look that great against Georgia Southern, to be honest.
0: No, they were what down at one point. I mean, like 14 to 7. Yeah, and it yeah. was just yeah, this is a work in progress there. And I, I think that was my big fear with Wisconsin all along, why I thought they were the most the biggest wild card. They could take that step up and become a much better program, or they could take a big step down because listen, this is what they this is how they are built, and they are going away from that when you have a 240-pound sledgehammer running back and you're not using them effectively in Braylon Allen. You know, for what? You know, do you have the quarterback who can do it? Do you have the receivers who can do it? I don't know. And so I think this is going to be a really good matchup for them. You know, they lost it at Wazoo. They didn't play very well really this week, or even against Buffalo, who's terrible. Um, But I think seeing how they compete at Purdue will give us some measure of, is this team really going to turn the corner Mm -hmm. and become a competitive West Division team, or is it just going to be barely hanging on and be the next Nebraska?
1: Yeah, and it's two teams the Hawkeyes play coming up very, very soon. So yeah. uh, definitely worth tuning in. I think it's a 6 o'clock Central game on Fox Sports 1. And the other biggie, Scott, which which relates to the Big Ten, um, doesn't relate to the Big Ten standings, but it does yeah. relate to if a Big Ten team can get into the playoff, is Ohio State at Notre Dame. I mean, if you lose that game as a non-conference um, you know, I think that uh, gives you a hit. Uh, you know, the Pac-12 looks really good this year. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the ACC definitely could. I mean, Florida State could easily—I might say—easily, but they could mm-hmm. they could run the table and get into the playoff. Uh, heck, Big Twelve. I mean, Texas uh, right now looks pretty good. I mean, uh, the spots for this fourteen playoff are going to be pretty limited. So, I feel like Ohio State's got to win this game. I almost feel like uh, it is odd to think about, but that. I almost feel like they're in a similar position to Iowa a little bit in the fact that everyone's sort of not. I mean, the line has come down a lot. Everyone's the Notre Dame's the cool pick this week. Mm-hmm. Ohio State's uh, got something to prove. I guess I should. Uh, maybe it's not totally similar, but uh, I feel like it's rare that Ohio State gets to play the no respect card, and I feel like people think they might go down this week. And they need to win this. I think for the Big Ten's sake, it would be really good if they could win this. Especially if you're, if you want to dream, you know, mm-hmm. and say, hey, an 11 and one Iowa faces a 12 and 0 Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. You know, if we win, we're in. I don't know. I'm just thinking big picture for the Big Ten here.
0: Well. Uh- You know, this is going to be a tough game because, I mean, Notre Dame is a good team, too. Um, And this is in South Bend. And, you know, there's the the legendary uh, feats that have taken place at uh, Notre Dame Stadium. I and I think this is going to be a this is a proven game for for Kyle McCord. I mean, you know they've got the two best receivers in the country, and I'm not so certain that if they were in the NFL right now they wouldn't be going to the Pro Bowl, especially Marvin Harrison. I, they've got athletes, but they lost a ton. I mean, they really did in the NFL. So they're still kind of feeling themselves. You know, they played well last week. They scored a lot of points against Western Kentucky, but they've got a lot to. They've got a lot to show and uh and it's it's a young season for them as well but but this is a prove game for them and it's kind of a litmus test for the big 10 because you lose a game like this it does matter in the per- in perception and college football perception really matters so i think that's really impactful and then you know one other game i'm kind of gonna watch chad is uh, uh northwest uh minnesota northwestern minnesota yeah. you know and, and minnesota is like a 12-point favorite and they should win you'd think but you know, this is a weird game and a weird time. It's a night game at at Evanston and Minnesota hasn't played real well across the board. They got blown out last week. So I want to see how they kind of come back Northwestern, the same deal. And um, I'm not, I'm not overly concerned that either team's going to be challenging for the Big Ten West, but I think it it is a a West division game and my eyes kind of naturally gravitate to that type of game.
1: Yeah, Minnesota can move to 2-0 in the Big Ten and 2-0 and against the West uh, if yeah. they win that one. So that's something worth watching for sure. Safe travel, Scott. Uh- uh, your story is going online tomorrow, correct? Anything else you want to point our listeners
0: to with your coverage at The Athletic? Yeah, I ended up – we we did our beat writer breakdown, me and Audrey Snyder, who covers Penn State for oh, us. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. She's today great. And, and I really should have done it for tomorrow instead. But anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so uh, my my story on 2009 goes tomorrow. So if you want to relive it in a different way and – Yeah, man. And then now I like, will. I'll, I'll read it. it. <laughs> I'm afraid to read yours first. Cause in case there's like, Oh my God, it's too, it's the same. But uh, so no, I, I look forward to reading yours as well. It was a, it was a signature game and a signature moment in that season, that era and really the Kirk Ferentz era.
1: Absolutely. Well, thanks, Scott. And thank you listeners for your support and interest in legends and listeners. We are now six episodes in, uh, to our journey here. And we appreciate you guys, uh, gals, uh, listening. We'll join you ne- next Thursday at 11 AM from the channel seed studios, as we get uh, seven nation army out of our heads and look, <laughs> look ahead to <laughs> Iowa versus Michigan state. Uh, for Scott Doctorman, this is Chad Leistico. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the CBS college football theme music. And just like in 2009, don't panic. Settle in, enjoy the three-and-a-half-hour show on Saturday night, and we'll talk to you next week here on Iowa Everywhere.
0: Iowa Everywhere.